When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Houseman. And me, WWE Creative Issues, Robert Karpolis. And we are here to deliver you another half hour of power. Everything you need to know about the world of professional wrestling and all the news going in on in it. Brought to you by ad-free shows and podcast heat. Um, before we get to everything else here, uh, Robert, big news over the weekend. Uh, a huge star in the world of WWE. Uh, has uh, unfortunately ended their very high-profile relationship, and that is, of course, uh, Bad Bunny. Uh, Bad Bunny, according to People, has uh, ended his less-than-one-year tryst of dating with Kendall Jenner. I just wanted to get that out there because I know a lot of people very sensitive, very upset, very broken-hearted over this one. So there you go, everybody. Any thoughts on the on the uh, on the breakup of Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner, Robert? No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> So we got wrestling stuff to talk about here today. I want to talk wrestling. I honestly didn't know those two were dating. Uh, So I'm not reading. I'm not a reader of People magazine. I know that's a surprise. Uh, Uh, I I watch nothing but trash TV. And like, I was pretty excited to see if he was going to get Kendall Jenner in on the act. I mean, bring it the Kardashians over to to the world of WWE. Kim's uh, had dalliances in the past. You know, I just thought it was a matter of time. But no, Kim was great. Bruce Bruce Pritchard has said she was probably his favorite celebrity to ever work with. And it makes total sense. Uh, I'm glad that Bad Bunny is now free to focus on his wrestling career. I also heard he's a singer on the side. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got Mike Miliaro here or Melaro in the comment section saying, oh, sure. We're going to get Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner, but not Billy Corgan spelled C-O-R-R-G-A-N. God bless you, Mike. Um. Hey, if we've got time, we'll talk Billy Corgan. But here's what we are going to talk about here today. We got Kenny Omega's injury, Thunder Rosa returning to action for W or for AEW. We got a new Ring of Honor title. Liv Morgan, I don't know if anybody's heard, was arrested. We'll get into that. And of course, updates on Charlotte Flair's injury and 
WWE speed. Um, so without further ado, our top story here, Kenny. Oh, what just make you laugh? WWE speed sounds like something that would get you nabbed for like a wellness policy violation. I also I can't thought, believe man, that's really a name. I was like, oh, we're going, we're going throwback. They were going full eighties these days, right? Ugh. Got a whole full, of, I got a whole uh, locker room bag filled with WWE speed. I'm selling it to the boys. Oh boy. Um, Call me the doctor. So AEW got some bad news here on Friday afternoon, shortly after we had finished recording. Kenny Omega posted the following on Twitter. He said, I can't really sugarcoat this. I'm out indefinitely. I tried to keep pushing past the pain for as long as I could until it became too much. Luckily, doctors caught me when they did. I'll be here. So in the meantime, please enjoy wrestling. Fightful then added that uh, Kenny Omega apparently felt ill ahead of collision. Uh, that was when he took on Ethan Page. It got worse. He pushed through. He came to Dynamite thinking he was just going to work in a backstage capacity. Those that saw Kenny backstage, per this report, knew he wasn't at his best, that he was pushing through. But even at, even though he just showed up to work backstage, he decides to get roped into doing this promo segment with Chris Jericho on Wednesday night anyway, which we could get into. Um, but because of this, he then went to the doctor after feeling really bad after Dynamite. Found out he has diverticulitis. He's likely out of the diverticulitis. Did I say it wrong? Yes, you you shavoed the hell out of that. Well, I'm a redneck. Um, like he's likely out of planned the planned Golden Jets versus Big Bill and Ricky Starks match at World's End, and he's also out of what sounded like they were going to have a match here on Wednesday night's Dynamite. So the elite, the young bucks off TV. Adam Page has been taken out by the AEW Devils, and now Kenny Omega going down uh, with this. A lot of a lot of pieces get shuffled around when things like this happen. What what sticks out to you here, Robert? So we talked about that Kenny promo, the Golden Jets promo that happened on Dynamite, and we were very critical of it in part because it just seemed so disjointed, and Kenny just seemed very very off. So hearing this report, seeing that he was not a hundred percent, you can go back and watch this now with a with fresh eyes and a different filter, and realize this guy was not. In, in ring shape to even cut a promo. So it's kind of unfortunate. I can appreciate him wanting to power through. I remember working with Kurt Angle at a time in his life where he was really just trying to push past a lot of these health issues. I applaud Kenny Omega. I applaud AEW for listening to what was going on with him, taking a step back and saying, we need to address this. Diverticulitis obviously has been around in wrestling before. It's what Brock Lesnar had. In fact, in the AEW Fight Forever game, uh, the F5 is named at, it's like the Diverticulitis 5 or something like that. So it's something that's known. Kenny being off TV and hopefully healing himself up this time, coming back better than ever would be the most preferential. But yeah, he needs to focus on his health and himself. I don't think people are going to be super broken up about not getting that tag match. Yeah, well, and the diverticulitis move you're talking about uh, was included in the Fight Forever video game. And there were more than a handful of fans that jumped on Kenny and like kind of, I guess, celebrated this news because everybody took the inclusion of that move F5 in the game as like a shot at Brock Lesnar. And it was kind of like what comes around goes around. Uh, well, Kenny, he got wind of this. And if you go check out his socials, basically let everybody know he was only involved in the early creative stages of this video game and was not involved in the nuance of naming like create a wrestler moves. Um, you know, 
I don't think he needed to respond to this, first of all, but I thought it was really interesting how much distance he put between himself and this game. Because up until this moment in time before that tweet, everyone was like, Kenny Omega, head of the video game division. You like imagine him in there with like his headlight on and his like little screws and stuff, like personally making this game. And he's just kind of like, how do you think video games are made? I have, I don't know. I you assume it's I, like in a cave. <laughs> yes, I assume there's little little tools and like you know that that kind of stuff. Little robot spiders that crawl around and fix things. So I imagine he was doing all of that. Um, but I guess he just kind of walked in with like a tri board and just was like, "Here's here's some things I like. Please make me a game." I don't know. So the 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 diverticulitis joke, I guess, originated. They've talked about this before. Kevin Owens, when he was in PWG, used to do a version of the F5, and this is what Excalibur called it. So as someone who embraces snarky, goofy wrestling humor, it doesn't really bother me. I get that it's going to resurface because it seems ironic that it's what Kenny had. Him responding to it, I think he just didn't want there to be another negative news cycle going on about what's what's going on in AEW, whereas the bigger story is just, they're not going to have Kenny, who is such an important integral piece of what's going on. But at the same time, the storyline that he's embroiled in at the moment, not exactly front of, you know, top of mind, front and center for everything going on there, especially when you look at his Don Callis family feud seems to have uh, dissipated a little bit. Those guys have been kind of MIA from Dynamite. Yeah. And, you know, again, I kind of, I pointed to it at the beginning of the segment, but right now you have the Bucks off TV being the elite is gone. Adam Page looks to be taking time off after this, whatever devil's angle. And now Kenny Omega has gone down. The only active member of the elite right now is Kota Ibushi, who I don't know that everyone necessarily assumes is in the elite is not the most known part of that group. And at a time when like Tony Khan is out there trying to lock down his TV rights deals, trying to, trying to, you know, just keep things moving forward just doesn't seem like an ideal time for Kenny to go to be going down. And I know that he had no say in this and neither did AEW, but it just, it's unfortunate that this all kinds of seem seems to be coalescing at the same time. It does, but it's a blessing in disguise for AEW in some regard, because there's a lot of really talented people who can now step up. That's kind of the recurring theme over the last several decades in wrestling is when there is an opening, when there is a vacancy, talent likes to seize that opportunity. Cream rises to the top. If Kenny is out, Somebody else can step up and they just have a plethora of really strong young talent who I think they can capitalize on. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking of young talent, they're capitalizing on Thunder Rosa was back. Uh, she was on commentary for Collision this Saturday, which she's done occasionally uh, doing Spanish commentary. But when Sky Blue showed up and had Julia Hart's back and they were beating down Abaddon into the rescue came Thunder Rosa and her first match in over a year, she's been out with dealing with the the concussion protocols, a couple of other things. She's gonna be back uh, next week on Collision, teaming with Abaddon to take on Julia Hart and Sky Blue, who I guess is now Sky Black. But Thunder Rosa, a name getting into the mix, just as kind of Kenny Omega is being shuffled out at the moment. Great to see her back. I think they anybody that they can use to highlight the women's division and give the women actual stories to tell is to their advantage. I know that Thunder Rosa had some of that baggage going back a year and change ago when she was injured and some friction with the locker room. I think it will do wonders for AEW to show that someone who may have had a bit of an issue in the past is able to come in, open arms, do business, and do business the right way. So this could be a real big win for AEW. 
Yeah, for sure. And this comes at a time where it does seem like Tony Khan is taking the note about pushing the women more. I thought this was a very well done angle. I like seeing Sky Blue kind of pulled into the House of Back, House of Black group, this kind of tandem here with Julia Hart. Um, but now we also find out on Saturday night after final battle was on Friday uh, at the ROH tapings after collision, we find out that Tony is introducing a new Ring of Honor women's television championship to the mix. Now, of course, the women were presented very, very strongly at final battle. Nearly half hour main event, Athena versus Billy Starks with Athena going over. I shouldn't say the women were presented very strongly because I think the only other two women's matches got like less than eight minutes combined between them. But very strong, I guess, in the in the in the main event picture there. Robert, how do you feel about Tony Khan introducing yet another Ring of Honor title to the mix right now? I was thinking they could use another title. There yeah, just same. aren't enough. Um, look, it's it's great. I think that Athena is absolutely incredible. I wish that she was featured more on a weekly basis. I think she's a real phenom phenomenal talent. I think that Ring of Honor can quietly become a really strong brand that people want to go and seek out. I just hope they make it easier for people to to find that content. And I'm you know walking on thin ice here. I don't want to get disco infernoed by Tony Khan. Oh, man. Yeah, you don't want Tony coming at you on the socials right now, for sure. And look, again, it does seem like he's I I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, look at this from the whole spectrum of things people are saying versus what we're seeing implemented. This this to me, I took as a sign that Tony is trying to show that there is some more uh, focus and investment in the women's division. My issue with it is much like a lot of the stuff Tony does to show, oh, I'm doing something different. I'm I'm going to try, you know, to, to do what you guys want. It's like a gimmick or a concept. It's not a storyline, right? It's not creating something interesting around one of the women that you can kind of play with, which I actually really liked what they did with Sky Blue. It's a title. It's another thing. It's another tournament. It's another thing people are going to be kind of vying for. And as much as I know there's merit to that, I would just continue to like to see Tony push himself to 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 flush out these characters more and give me a reason to watch people fight each other that does not involve some kind of tournament match or title. Do I just sound like old man yelling at the clouds right now? I feel like I do. A little bit, but that's okay. I think we all want the best foot forward for TV and a lot of the times for the audience, for a broader audience to invest in a storyline uh, or to invest in characters. They need a strong storyline. I think back to when WWF introduced their women's title and you had Alundra Blaze and it was just her going up against, you know, Bull Nakano or Bertha <laughs> Faye. There was no real storyline. It was just, She's the champion and she's going to face a challenger. And in 2023, if you want the broad audience to really wrap their arms around something, they want a storyline. And we've seen with Tony Storm and the response that she's gotten, people are invested. They're excited. They want to see it. And AEW's women's division has the talent to be able to be a strong division. They just need that time and attention from Tony. Yeah, and I like what they're doing with Julia Hart, too. I do think it's a little interesting that I guess Thunder Rosa and Abaddon are the baby faces against Julia Hart and Sky Blue or Black because people seem to be just so decidedly behind Julia Hart right now. But, you know, we'll see what they do with it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, but Final Battle was on Friday night. I watched all of Final Battle. I watched all of SmackDown. I was trying to cover them both at the same time over at HouseOfWrestling.com. Uh, I did not have a chance to watch the entirety of the media scrum afterwards. Between, uh, first of all, I I heard that the media scrum went till one thirty in the morning, and I'm sorry. It's just like you're getting there at five o'clock to to hopefully catch zero hour at six, and then it's just a marathon day. I I my sympathies. I thought the show was very good. I thought Final Battle by and large was very good. A little long for my taste, um, but Tony Khan the big. In whatever he did, like an hour and a half press or two hour press afterwards. The, the the highlight of it really was about the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff, and he really didn't even say that much. He just kind of doubled down on how Warner Brothers Discovery and he have uh, a great relationship. Everybody's doing their due diligence right now before making their next decision. And he had this one comment that has been picked up and aggregated in a million headlines. It's uh, to be AEW is to be under constant attack and. Tony really kind of putting himself here on the uh, it's me versus everyone front, kind of a rallying for the underdog offensive here. And I just thought it was a very interesting tact. It doesn't really show a lot of kind of um, ownership and change. Like where, where's the evolution coming from? My two cents. Um, any thoughts on final battle or anything that Tony had to say coming out of the show? I think Tony likes the idea of the us versus the world mentality. It's borrowing from the Paul Heyman playbook. That's what galvanizes your locker room when you think that it is us trying to deal with other promotions that are trying to steal our talent, uh, negative comments that are, are being levied at you online by commentators, by other wrestlers, people who just want to see this place torn down. They need to come together as a unit to put on the best show. It worked for Paul for a very long time. And I know that Tony Khan in an interview with Ariel Hawani had said at one point, Warner discovery had given him a book that was talking about how they should be positioning themselves and that they are not Coca-Cola, they're Pepsi. They're not McDonald's, they're Burger King. And he needs to learn from those playbooks. So the idea of everyone's coming after us and we're going to hold firm no matter what in a way deflects any internalizing and blame and saying, I've looked at this. How can I make things better? It's any criticism, no matter what it is, they're coming after us. And if you're an AEW fan, you need to go after anyone that goes after us rather than taking a step back and listening. And maybe there's some wisdom within some of the uh, the, the criticism that it's not people attacking just for the sake of attacking. Uh, we're, we're, we're not all trying to be cornet. My voice can't go that high. Come on. Well, I mean, hey, look, it, everything is the same these days. A lot of the stuff you just said, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it sounded like political parties at some point in this country. So everything very tribalized these days, everything very at odds. So, um, of course, this is the kind of strong spined uh, posture that Tony's going to take in a position like this. Uh, that's what he's got to do to keep things afloat, but did not dismiss any of what is being reported. I'm going to be very clear about that. Tony did not say Nick Hausman sure. wrong. Nick Hausman, no right. Nick Hausman wrong. That did not happen. 
right? I don't know why he talks like a caveman, but he has a great That's relationship with Warner. He has a great relationship with Warner Discovery because remember, guys, he does still have five hours of televised content on their networks. If oh, he yeah. didn't have a good relationship with them, it would be gone. So you have to say that you you have to stay together for the kids and see this thing through to the divorce. Um, over in WWE land, man. Also on Friday, what a busy friday afternoon it was guys at five o'clock on fridays i like to grab a beer go up to my roof try to relax a little bit i did not have that luxury this past friday it was a slam banger of an afternoon i do just want to point out you don't live in a house like when you say i'm going up on the roof it makes you think you're gonna jump no uh, you, you know, okay I, I, I live in a 15 floor condo so i i go up i get a beautiful jump. I get a, hey, I'm just going to look at stuff. I'm not looking to fly past it. Um, there are big news here. Another big story on Friday. Liv Morgan was arrested. This story comes to us from the Villages News because apparently Liv was driving her Jeep. See, I already see you giggling. Apparently Liv was driving her Jeep, her yellow Jeep, near the Villages on Thursday night. Uh, cops see her weaving over the white and yellow lines in the road. They pull her over. Car reeks. Of marijuana, they search the car. They find this small bag of marijuana inside of a bigger pink fuzzy bag, which I'm guessing like a purse. They also find these vape cartridges in the center console. Um, they later tested positive for marijuana. She gets taken in. She pays a three thousand dollar bond. She gets let go. Fightful saying, "No heat on live. She'll have her day in court." But I mean, this is Florida. You are a lawyer, Robert. How serious is is what Liv is looking at here in this situation? So I laugh because the villages is a particular part of Florida that's pretty much just an overgrown senior community. Uh, it's a very conservative part of the state. It's a very Trump friendly part of the state of Florida. So them wanting to go after a young person, especially someone who even owned something pink and fluffy, makes a lot of sense. Yep. Marijuana is not legal in the state of Florida for recreational purposes. You need a prescription. You can get it for medicinal reasons. So her in possession of it, not that big of a deal. It's not Rob Van Dam driving with the ECW title, getting pulled over with Sabu. I think people tend to understand in 2023, folks are going to use marijuana. WWE has their policy and her getting arrested for it, not being a champion, not being on television. It's not going to derail anything. And yeah, they'll, they'll tease her a little bit, but it's not as bad as this theoretically could have been for their women's division. Yeah. And the nice thing here, she was already off TV. So it wasn't like it affected anything in the moment. She's not bringing any due attention. So we'll let this thing play its course. She'll get brought back again. I think this day and age, you know, most people her age would take this as a bit of a badge of honor, right? The last, the dying days of pot arrest, in my opinion, we'll see where we're at in 10 years. Um, yeah. The only gonna... part of it that's troubling is, you know, driving over, white and yellow lines you don't want to yeah. be driving recklessly the fact that she was not charged with any sort of reckless driving means maybe this was just enough for them to warrant pulling her over but not serious enough for them to bring her up on those charges i was trying to lobby the softball to move into another women's division topic you didn't get it let me try again good thing Liv morgan is not actively involved in any wwe storylines nick well charlotte flair is not going to be involved in any active wwe storylines <laughs> anytime soon but here, real quick, I don't want to gloss over the fact that's happening to the, the villages. You guys got to go on Hulu. There's this great documentary called Some Kind of Heaven, I think is the name of it. Have you seen this documentary? No, I'm good. Oh, 
You guys all got to go find out what is going down in the villages. Old people getting weird. It is a good watch. And that's all I have to say. I couldn't I couldn't let the moment pass by. Go just look into it. A fun bit of Googling. All right. Charlotte Flair. PWInsider.com saying that in this unfortunate incident that happened two weeks ago on SmackDown where she fell off the top rope, she tore her ACL, and she also may have, but not confirmed, suffered, uh, suffered a neck sprain as well. She looks to be getting surgery very soon. And as we reported on, uh, or I guess they said it on Friday, so we didn't talk about it on Friday. Looks like she'll be out for around nine months. Obviously, that puts her out past the Rumble and WrestleMania season, maybe into SummerSlam territory next year, but a very serious injury at a really bad time for her. Yeah, we talked about it a week ago and said, you know, this did not feel like this was part of the storyline because they didn't show replays and it was kind of disjointed. And I said the timing of the injury was not the worst because we knew we were coming up into Rumble. We did not think this was going to be a nine-month injury. When I heard that news, it highlighted the same thing with Adam Cole. You get these fluke injuries where you don't think that it's necessarily the, the big dramatic spots. It's these small moments. It was a slip off the rope, and all of a sudden you wind up tearing whatever you 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 tear. Uh, it's going to be rough for her being gone for the next nine months, especially going into WrestleMania. It feels like they have enough storyline to cover their this damage control feud with Bianca right now can cover. It feels like you can eventually turn Bailey and and have her go up against damage control. There seems to be some smoke to the idea that Sasha Banks might not be going with AEW. She might be available to fill any open spots come mania time. And then, yes, Charlotte, after she rehabs, can come back in September when I believe, potentially, theoretically, Andrade might be a free agent closer to that time. That was what I was thinking as well. Yeah, we've been talking about how there's the reports that Andrade might be uh, coming. His contract might be up here pretty soon in that too distant future with AEW and that he might be going back to WWE, which is why he took the CMLL bookings down in Mexico where he came up and just wanted to make sure he could wrestle there while he could. If Andrade's in WWE in nine months and, you know, they're using him. All of a sudden, he finds himself at odds with, you know, somebody and a female second. You know, maybe it's an LWO with Zelina Vega or Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley. And you start to build that kind of, oh, he needs his own kind of backup in this situation. It could be a really dramatic, great, fun way, silver lining situation to, to bring her back into the fold and just do something a little bit different with her. I think it could be it could be a good story to build to have her make that dramatic return. It's unfortunate that she had just had that time off. Now she's back, and now she's going to be on the shelf again. But I will echo the Kenny Omega statement earlier. There will be plenty of people who are going to be anxious to want to step up. And going into the Royal Rumble, it doesn't feel like she was the one earmarked to win that. So I think WWE has a number of ways they can pivot. Yeah, and Noob and Co. here saying, yeah, Charlotte Flair definitely needs to stop wrestling Asuka at this point. We get it. She beat Asuka at WrestleMania five years ago it's tiring and boring and that is the thing about this injury too is it's like it happened in a match that we've seen several times you know it wasn't like even like the yeah, payoff but it was a different dynamic here i think the idea that it was baby face charlotte flair going going up against oscar in this heel stable you're you're telling it in a slightly different way i don't mind it uh i know her dad uh nature boy rick flair i don't know if you're aware of this occasionally would wrestle the same guy once or twice, and you would yeah. get more nuanced matches over the years. So it is very possible 
Uh, to that end, Nature Boy Ric Flair has his Woo Energy drink. Uh, oh, we are still in the process of trying to track this thing down. For being the the sponsor of a major national television show, you would think it's easier to get. Not available anywhere in the greater Chicago area directly. So we're going to have to have this thing shipped to Nick. This will happen. He will drink it. Hashtag RIPod. Thanks, guys. Um- this episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Well, a little bit of SmackDown news to wrap up the show here today. Friday night saw the return of Roman Reigns to WWE television. He is now got an heir. He named Solo Sokoa as the next in line while Jimmy Uso sneered and looked upset behind him. Later in the night, AJ Styles also returned to help Randy Orton and LA Knight even the odds against the bloodline. But to the chagrin and surprise of everyone watching, AJ Styles laid out LA Knight. I don't know if you'd call it a heel turn. I don't know what it is, but it was very surprising. I liked it, and I love that at a time when it's all the baby faces kind of against these heel factions, a reminder that these kind of baby faces are still kind of in it for themselves. How did you feel about Roman Reigns' return and and, and the inclusion of AJ Styles to what they're doing? Felt great to see Roman back on TV. He just Mm. has a presence about him. I know people get mad that he's not on there every week. I like that he's not a weekly character, so when he does show up, you know – Something important is going to happen. I also like that L.A. Knight and to a larger extent, A.J. Styles are not just going to let Randy Orton get that opportunity at the Royal Rumble. It is the, hey, we all want this. And as you're going into the Royal Rumble match itself, reiterating that it is every man for himself. We saw this with Cody and Punk in their interactions before. It does make it feel a little more realistic it sometimes can be goofy when the baby faces are like, Oh no, no, you, you want the shot. You, you go get the shot. I'll just stand here and wait. And clearly AJ wall away, man was doing a couple sit-ups. Dude, that guy's yoked. Yeah. That's a big, I think that's the big to do about AJ coming back. Him and Randy Orton standing next to each other. That's a beef. That's a cattle farm right there. Good for those. Look, it's, it's old dudes uh, fighting for their spot, but that's kind Mm -hmm. of the nature of WWE right now is, the average age is somewhere in the, the, the mid-30s, right? I was watching Collision this morning and watching Julia Hart and Sky Blue beat down Abaddon, and I was just like, man, they look like kids, right? Like, I'm used to watching WWE where it's like grown-ass adults <laughs> throwing down these days. You go over to AEW, you're like, man, this is like children battling each other. It was just noticeable to me for like well, the first time in a while. I'm sure if you watch NXT, you're going to feel that way. But I think that not always, not always wrestlers have learned to extend their, their in-ring lifespan. And it's, it shows there was something I was, I was listening to uh, Jim Ross talking about Armageddon 2003. And in the build up to that, Randy Orton took out Sergeant Slaughter, who I thought was 115 years old during that segment. He was 55. He's two years older than Chris Jericho is right now. And you see the condition that Jericho is in and can still go. I think wrestlers have learned to take better care of their body. They've been in better shape. And with the wellness policy, you can feel a little bit better about seeing them active and know they're being properly monitored. All right. Last thing here. Before SmackDown hit the air, 
A new concept was tried out for the fans in attendance. They did a pair of what they're calling WWE Speed or WWE Speed matches or a new show called WWE Speed. I don't know. I won't get into exactly who competed or what the results were. We'll let you all find that out on our own. But the concept is five-minute matches before the show. And this doesn't to me, and I could be wrong, it was obviously filmed very well, Fightful saying that Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves were on the call. This didn't feel like a TV show to me. This felt like some kind of like TikTok thing or social media thing or like something you can bundle into like a Hulu streaming because like Hulu does these like shorts now or they're like short shows or movies, like little five minute things you can consume. So I know there's like a new vertical for this content. It does, I don't know. I liked it. I don't hate it, but I, that's just my two cents on what I think they're doing with it. You know, look, I liked five minute matches when they just used to be nitro main events. So, you know, Vince, Vince Russo thinks these matches are already a little long at five, but yeah, something that's easily consumable makes sense. I don't know the, the rules. If it's like, there's a clock and whoever gets the win in five minutes, we'll see. They, they dip their toe into this a lot. They did this with the, the mixed tag challenge that they tried to do on Facebook. You're yep. constantly trying to get different eyeballs somewhere. Take a swing. Kevin Patrick, I, just on an aside, that dude's grown on me. I was not the biggest Kevin Patrick fan at the beginning. I think he's really coming into his own. I'm really enjoying what he's doing. Uh, but I will still continue to be baffled as to why Byron Saxon is not on commentary. I think he was doing a great job. Wish he was there more. Total aside, we're here talking about uh, WWE Quaaludes. Yeah. And I don't want to like, I don't want to pour salt in any wounds or create a problem where there's no problem. But like I went to look over at the final battle 2023 results here to see the times. Two matches on that show would qualify as WWE speed matches, five minutes or less. You want to know what those two matches were? I have no choice in the matter. So sure. It was the only two women's matches that weren't the main event. Every other men's match on that show got more than five minutes. And that's just a little thing I noticed here. Again, it's like you're trying to put this title into the mix. You're trying to elevate women. It is interesting that as you're making those gestures, it doesn't seem like, again, the women are getting that time to really develop in, in matches and things like that. So The counter argument to that is that some things can be done in a shorter amount of time than, than you would think. And it's still remarkably effective. Like rumor and innuendo, that's a nice tight 30 minutes. Uh, I will point out a comment right here from this guy who says, thanks guys, been listening every day on the Apple podcast feed, loving the show. So clearly we're doing something right here, the downside to a 30 minute show. Unfortunately, not gonna be able to get to that NWA Billy Corgan CW news today. Tomorrow keep, is another day. I keep wanting to kill this joke, but it keeps coming what up. Joke? And it, it's, the, it's a genuine problem of the run sheet. Oh, we we oh. run out of time at the end. It's earnest, we, we really mean it guys, but we genuinely, uh, are thankful that you're tuning in live with the comments, listening, love seeing the numbers growing and a, a big show for the end of this week as OVW's Matt Jones will be joining us live. You'll be able to interact, ask questions while he is there. Uh, a lot of end of year top 10 lists for, I think, Variety Entertainment Weekly, all that have included the wrestlers documentary. So it's going to be a little bit of a victory lap for him. But there's some exciting news about the future of OBW that we will get to. 
Yeah, and we're going to do an extended episode on Friday where, um, you know, we will not only be talking to Matt, but we will also be uh, trying to read some Apple reviews. And if you want to submit questions on top of just, you know, encouraging me to drink this Ric Flair uh, gasoline, then you can uh, go to hashtag RIPod. You got any questions for Robert and I? I'll try to dive into that mailbag on Friday here at our big holiday show. We'll try to answer some of those because Monday, next Monday, a week from now, is Christmas. We will not have a show that day, but we will be uploading the Matt Jones interview on the audio feed on Monday. So if you don't catch us live noon Eastern on Friday for the interview, you can catch it Monday, Christmas Day, our little stocking stuffer for you. Um, and of course, if you like the show, as I always say, go over to the uh, any podcast platform you like. The comments have kept us alive. Your five-star ratings are always appreciated. We want this show to thrive. We want to bring as many people on the ride along uh, for it as we can. And the best way to get people to come along and do that is for you all to uh, support us in that way. So uh, that's it for me today, Robert. On behalf of the concise Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.